In today's brief, we'll talk about sea mines, war crimes, and a Russian base in Georgia. I'm Linnea, and today is Friday, October 6, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses yesterday included 20 tanks, 30 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 23 artillery systems, two multiple launch rocket systems, or MLRS, 29 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs or drones, and 620 personnel. The GSAFU noted in their situation report that Russian forces attempted advances on the Kupiansk, Liman, Shakhtarsk, and Zaporizhia fronts, but were unsuccessful. And Ukrainian forces continued offensive actions on the Bakhmut and Melitopol fronts. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated in an interview with Italian news channel Sky TG24 on Tuesday that while Ukrainian forces hold the initiative and are steadily advancing, quote, Difficulties are posed by the minefields and by the shortages of weapons and ammunition, especially air defenses. End quote. Zelensky noted that air defense systems are not only critical for the ongoing counteroffensive, but also to protect the civilian population. On the Black Sea, satellite images from October 1st show that 14 ships of the Russian Black Sea fleet have been moved from Sevastopol in occupied Crimea to Novorossiysk in Russia, according to American Open Source Intelligence, or OSINT, researcher M.T. Anderson, who noted that two frigates, three diesel submarines, five large landing ships, and several small missile ships were included in the move. Russian propaganda outlet Izvestia announced that the Russian Navy is planning a new permanent base in Abkhazia. A few interesting points. Abkhazia is a region of Georgia which Russia invaded and occupied in 2008. Sensing a pattern here. And is about as far from Ukraine as Russian ships can get without leaving the Black Sea. The UK government released a statement about declassified intelligence revealing Russia might use sea mines to target civilian shipping vessels in the Black Sea in an effort to stop the export of Ukrainian grain via Ukraine's humanitarian corridor saying, quote, Russia almost certainly wants to avoid openly sinking civilian ships, instead falsely laying blame on Ukraine for any attacks against civilian vessels in the Black Sea. By releasing our assessment of this intelligence, the UK seeks to expose Russia's tactics to deter any such incident from occurring, end quote. Unfortunately, a Turkish-flagged cargo ship reportedly struck a mine off the coast of Romania near the entrance to the Sulina Canal, sustaining minor damage. After dropping anchor briefly to assess the damage, the vessel was able to continue sailing, and the crew was reported to be safe. On the home front, more information is now available about the tragic missile strike in Froza, a small village in the Kupiansk area of Kharkiv Oblast. Residents of the village had gathered at the cafe for the memorial service of a fallen Ukrainian soldier, whose body had been brought from Dnipro and reinterred in the village where he had grown up. The missile, believed to be an Iskander ballistic missile, struck the cafe a little after 1 p.m., killing 52 people, 
among them the widow of the fallen soldier, his son and daughter-in-law, and a six-year-old boy. Prior to the attack, Rosa had a population of 330 people, according to Ukrainian Minister of Internal Affairs Ikor Klemenko, but other reports indicated that only about 100 people remained in the village. If that's the case, the attack murdered more than half of the residents still living in the village. Early this morning, Russian forces launched two missiles believed to be Iskanders at a multi-story apartment building in the city of Kharkiv, killing a 10-year-old and his grandmother and injuring 30, including an 11-month-old baby. An Iskander missile travels at roughly 2 to 3 kilometers per second, meaning the time from launch to impact was less than a minute in both attacks. No time for air alerts. No time to get to a shelter. The diplomatic service of the European Union released a statement in response to the attack, saying, quote, This was yet another heinous attack against innocent civilians, in addition to Russia's continued daily indiscriminate attacks near the front lines. Intentional attacks against civilians are war crimes. Russia's leadership, all commanders, perpetrators, and accomplices of these atrocities will be held to account. There will be no impunity for war crimes. End quote. Save Ukraine, a Ukrainian humanitarian non-governmental organization, or NGO, announced that it had rescued another 19 children from Russian-occupied areas of Ukraine, bringing the total number of children returned by the organization to 196. The Ukrainian government has identified more than 19,500 children as having been deported by Russian occupation authorities, only 400 of whom have since been returned to their families. Speaking of inhumane treatment, let's talk about the Russian Federation. According to Russian Minister of Defense and Pretend General Sergei Shoigu, Russia has recruited 38,000 volunteers and formed nine reserve regiments, saying, quote, People come highly motivated and ready to perform their combat missions. Some already have combat experience, because many of the volunteers, having completed a six-month contract, return for the second and some for the third time. End quote. Just a quick sidebar here. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, issued stop-loss orders last year, which prohibited volunteer soldiers from leaving service after their contract ended, so they couldn't not return. In News Worldwide, former UK Defense Minister Ben Wallace wrote in an article for The Telegraph that Ukraine's counteroffensive is succeeding, albeit slowly. Quote, The Russian army is cracking. Ukraine has learned new tactics to overcome horrendous minefields, and the storm shadow strikes are devastating Russian HQs. We are witnessing the beginnings of the battle for Crimea. End quote. Wallace also described the process for providing new weapon systems to Ukraine and the litany of delays, arguing that, quote, we must help Ukraine maintain its momentum, and that will require more munitions, attackums, and storm shadows. And the best way to keep the international community together is the demonstration of success. End quote. During the meeting of foreign ministers in Kyiv on Monday, President Zelensky stated that current sanctions against Russia are insufficient, noting the increase in Russian drone and missile strikes. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said during a speech at the University of Texas that the U.S. is working in collaboration with European partners 
to create a legal framework for the use of the roughly 300 billion U.S. dollars in confiscated Russian assets on Ukraine's reconstruction. One of the winners of the 2023 Nobel Prize in Physics, Ferenc Krauss, announced that he will be donating a portion of his prize money to Science for People, an initiative Krauss started in 2022 which helps rebuild Ukrainian schools. Let's talk military tech. French company Tourgy and Gaillard have contracted with DP Antonov to produce ad hoc multifunctional drones in Ukraine. The Adoc is a heavy-class reconnaissance drone with a pretty significant payload capacity of one and a half tons, enabling it to carry quite a few different weapons. Due to a longer range and flight duration, and the ability to be equipped with radar, the Adoc can be effective as a naval patrol vehicle used for anti-submarine operations as well as search and rescue. Ukrainian Minister of Strategic Industries Alexander Kamashin announced that Ukraine has started a project for manufacturing howitzers in collaboration with an unnamed British company, with production starting next year. He also mentioned joint ventures with Germany and Turkey, and noted that, quote, At this time, we have more than 200 companies that produce different types of drones, air, land, sea, and that's what can be key in this war. I am confident that the lessons learned from these technologies in Ukraine will be useful for the United States and global defense capabilities. End quote. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back over the weekend with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobaczenia.